0: Hey, you're listening to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today.
1: Did you even question God? You're not alone, because it's a question that's as old as time. It's the question we see in the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, with Eve in the garden, and again in the book of Job, an entire book on the question, can God be trusted? How do I trust God when life isn't fair and I've suffered for no good reason, when my world has been full of difficulties, loss, and suffering, do I, can I still believe that God... Is actually good. When the pressures of life are on us, we all face the challenge of Job. It's the first message of our time tested truth series, Faith versus Fear.
0: Hey, hi, welcome to Chew on That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church here in Green Bay. And you're joining us for a podcast, Chew on That, where we dig deeper into the most current. Sermon series, and specifically the most recent sermon uh, happening at Life Church in Green Bay. And this week, it's a brand new series called "The Time Tested Truths." And this week, it's uh, Faith versus Fear with our friend Pastor Becky Elcantar. Joining me today for the conversation is my friend Amy Van Stippen. Am I saying that right?
2: You got it. I feel like yeah. that's how I'm supposed to say no, it. No, you said it right. Anytime
0: there's like German names, though, I feel like there's always one way to say it and then like another bad way. Well, yeah, yeah.
2: and I think the Vans with all the Dutch. <laughs> right.
0: Yes. For sure. Oh, is that what it is? It's not Dutch, German yes, at all. Dutch. Oh, yes. He just shows you okay. what I know. <laughs>
2: Anyway, really? For sure? Yeah, yeah. So like the windmill people? Yeah, you got it. Oh, huh. Right off, about that? straight out of the Holland. Okay, <laughs>
0: anyway, joining me today is my Dutch, not really, you're Dutch by marriage. you could correct, right. yes. Anyway. Well, I'm just going to let you start talking. Amy, tell us a little bit <laughs> about yourself.
2: Uh, well, you had it right. My name is Amy Van Stippen. Um, from this area here, I'm married to a wonderful man, Nathan, of, oh my gosh, we've been together for over 20 years. Married oh my gosh. for 15, it'll be 15 this year. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's nuts.
2: It is. I. It's making me feel older, hmm. but he's awesome. He's my best friend and I wouldn't uh, want to do life without him. That's so awesome. yeah. You said you
0: grew up here in the area? Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. In Kukana.
0: Oh, or as the yeah. Hawaiian people call it, ka-u, Kauna. That's
2: correct. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's
0: the Hawaiian pronunciation.
2: I used to be on the dance team when I was in high school and we did a, uh, the national competition at uh, Disney Yeah. and several people were like, Oh, are you from Hawaii? I'm like, you, <laughs> n- I have no tan. So I'm going to go with no. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Did yeah. you go to school after high school then?
2: I did. I went to Stevens Point. Cool. What did you study there? Uh, Everything until I picked the communications major.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's where I met Nate, and I loved it. It College was fun. How long have you been at Life Church? Uh, Probably, I think it's like seven or eight years now. Yeah. Yeah. When the building was the little, little building. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The real little, the real
2: little building. I was the first volunteer for kids, which was super cool. Um, Loved that. And then when we changed buildings, uh, got onto the worship team. Um, Still doing that. I love it. Um, As well as a facilitator for Journey to Wholeness.
0: That's awesome. Tell me more about that.
2: Uh, Well, Journey to Wholeness is, gosh, there's like so many ways to describe it, but I feel like not always a super succinct way. And Pastor Becky, would probably be like, come on, Amy. Um, <laughs> but it just is. It, it's just an amazing program, 12, 12 weeks long. And we just walk through all of the things that, um, you know, we as humans like that, those roots that don't serve us in our life, in our garden of life that are from past or stuff that we struggle with, um, you know, now, and it's just a really cool way to come together as a group and get to talk about how, you know, there's things in life that we, um, can let go of that we can grow from. Um, and ultimately that, you know, Jesus has us and is there for us. and we don't have to believe the things, um, that are in our head sometimes or that we're told, um, and that that's not our identity. Our Mm -hmm. identity is in what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. I love so.
0: that. Because I feel like for the for most of us, our tendency with those things that using your garden analogy, right, is just like we're just gonna like Cordon off that corner of our garden. Yeah. or Throw a bunch of crap on top of <laughs> yeah. it or a bunch of dirt <laughs> yeah. or gravel or try to put some decoration onto it. Uh, anything we can do to cover it up or hide the smell right. or hide the sight of it. And those things never last, right? Those things that we right. used to cover it up never ever last. And yeah. so it's worth digging those things out just for a second and dealing with them as adults rather than dealing with them as a nine year old or a 12 year old right. or an 18 year old. I so, love
2: the way that you said that with putting the rocks over it. I mean, it looks pretty for a time. Right. And, that's a great analogy of what you know a lot of people have done in their lives, me included. Yeah. It looks okay, right. But then suddenly those weeds keep creeping back in, and you have to address them. You yeah, know, you can't just sure. keep piling rocks up, or you're gonna have a big old right. pile of ugly rocks yeah. and yeah. it doesn't and serve it, going and that, forward.
0: And that trauma doesn't have to always be like this, like catastrophic trauma, like, right. you know, like an after school special kind of right. trauma. Yep. Sometimes it's just the way people talk to us as we were growing up, right. or You know, things that we thought we were failing at that we weren't really failing at at all, but right. someone made us feel that way, or we made our feel that way
2: absolutely and so all those
0: things are things that we're just trying to cover up in the back corner of this garden that are right. really worth you know like yeah. uncovering for a second and dealing with
2: yeah and so a lot of that with journey to wholeness is that perspective yeah. and and that the way we look at life and the way we look at our life and maybe somebody did say something to us but it wasn't intended to be something that was gonna that we were gonna carry around right. and you know Hold on to for yeah. so long, yeah. So. so,
0: then for the rest of our lives, if we don't deal with it, anyone that's wearing the same color dress as that person was when they said something to us, right. or wearing that kind of perfume, yeah, or in that room or in that town or while that music was on, like, then right. we're always just going to be triggered by that. We don't exactly. not even know why, we just kind of get like run over by dread and anxiety, yes. and then we, like we're incapacitated,
2: yep, exactly. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So good, anyway. If you don't know about Journey to train a Homeless, you can learn more about it at. J2wholeness.org. That's the letter J, the number two in wholeness.org. There's always uh, new courses starting one after another. And so we'd love for you to get involved. You can either do that in person or they're starting to do online versions, I understand. Absolutely. uh, Sometime soon. Yeah. So it's a really fantastic thing. Yeah. Anyway, I love that you're doing that because you're so sweet and kind. And just like sitting here with you just now makes me feel like I want to tell you all my stuff.
1: Oh, (laughs) good. Anyway, but that would be a really long show. So we're not going to do
0: that. Let's just jump into Pastor Becky's message on faith versus fear versus. Let's listen to that first soundbite.
1: His oxen, camels, and donkeys were robbed, his servants have been killed in the raids, his sheep have been burned in a freak fire, and his children all died in a house collapse. Are you kidding me? Almost instantly, Job's life is turned upside down. Everything he knew changed. Everything he had lost and he never anticipated it he could have never prepared for the wave upon wave of loss that arrived at his doorstep and invaded his world it happened so quickly that job says in chapter 9 that he couldn't catch his breath and yet even through it all scripture says that in response to this terrible tragic traumatic news he worshiped God, and he did not blame God for anything. Verse 20 says, Then Job stood up, he tore his robe and shaved his head. He fell to the ground and worshiped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
0: There's a, a saying, I feel like, in our culture where we commend people that seem to have like a lot of... Uh, Patience. They'll say that. Oh, you've got the patience of Job. And maybe and that's just my generation. Maybe younger people don't say that. But I feel like that's always been a thing, and uh-huh. I never really understood it because I like when I understood Job's story. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like patience that Job needed. It was like like a forgiveness for God to mm-hmm. allow those things to happen. But now as an adult, I'm like, that totally is just patience. Like it's like, he had so much faith in who God was and who, who he was in God and what God meant to him that the patience was that he was going to wait it out. He was going right. to like deal with all the crap, all the boils and the, you know, illness and the, you know, loss. He was just going to wait it out. And that's where his patience came in. And I love that idea, but it, it tells me that he had to have quite, A relationship with God in order to withstand that, in order, you know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that when it comes to, I mean, you can say patience, like I'm going to continue to try and try and try again. But I I heard this clip in the sermon and thought, oh man, if I were Job... I would have never reacted that way. I don't know that, I don't think I would have reacted that way. I mean, he has such a foundation of who God is and his character. And then, like you said, who he is in God, that he just continues in all of these horrible, horrible things that none of us, I feel like could have imagined hearing all those things in one fell swoop. yeah, yeah. You know, um, that he just continues to praise God in it. I again I don't think I would have reacted that I way I would hope that I
0: would but there's just no yeah. way you know what I mean yeah. like if I if, you know if I get in my car and I, I'm low on gas I'm like oh I can't even believe I'm low on gas right. Like I'm, it almost stops my whole day Yeah. you know that I gotta stop at Quick Trip or whatever oh by the way this podcast brought to you by Quick Trip <laughs> location's all no I'm just kidding but like I just like I get mad about the stupidest things right. like, I, like I let the stupidest things throw me off course Right. Yeah. when in fact you know Job's got boils from head to foot and his kids are dead and his oxen are gone and like all these riches that he has yeah. have vanished. Or his wife's telling him, Why don't you just give up and die I just, already?
2: I <laughs> I hope that I am never ever that wife. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Oh my imagine?
2: goodness. Thanks for the support, hon. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and and when you hear those voices coming at you of right. your wife, the person, your spouse, the person that is supposed to be one of the most most trusted people in your lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks for the support. Yeah. You know gotta die oh. already.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the poor guy's like, he's sitting there, he's shaved his head. Yeah. He's torn his clothes. I think he's sitting on like an ash heap.
2: Yeah. Itching his scabs yeah. with yeah, this, a shard of pottery. Oh my gosh.
0: Like what the dick I'm waiting, like, but still happy. Yeah. You know, I don't know about happy, but at least finding joy. Yeah. You know, thinking that, well, God's going to come through. I trust him. Yeah.
2: And I, his wife's over there saying, right. ah, yeah. why bother? <laughs> Just curse God and die.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> what about you? When adversity came in wave upon wave this past year, did you hold on to faith? Or have you leaned into the whispers of fear? Hebrews 11, one tells us that faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. Faith is the confidence, mm-hmm. trust, and reliance in the character of God.
0: This reminds me of a conversation we were having at Life Church downtown. Uh, which meets, by the way, every Sunday night at five o'clock. Uh, you can join us at gather we have a meal, uh, we watch that week's sermon together and then we discuss it around tables, just like like pocket churches except, with a bunch of pockets all in one place, plus dinners included, so if you're ever wanting to get together uh, with a group of friends or meet new friends and just still connect uh, on a small level at church you 're welcome to join us at Life church downtown again five o'clock Sunday nights at gather but we are having this conversation about hope, and I feel like there's kind of two definitions of hope there 's the hope that's Becky Becky's talking about, and there 's like the hope that like hey i uh, hope you have a great day. Mm -hmm. Not like I'm sure you're going to have a a great day. Like I'm confident you're going to have a great day. But like chances are you might, but then you might not. Like there's that kind of hope where like, like I hope this happens or I hope I get to this or I hope I get to that. And like, that's a, that's like leaving it up to chapters. But this hope that Becky's talking about, the hope that's aligned with faith is a confidence, is an assurance, you know, like we have hope in God, not like we hope God fixes it. We know God will fix it. Right. it's that knowing, that that's a different kind of hope, that that's a different kind of faith. And I feel like what she's talking about there, when we think about, you know, COVID 2020 or whatever, however you want to talk about it, and all the things that that came up against us, because it was more than just COVID, right? There was elections and it was yeah. arguably the most divisive election in my time anyway. And then there was like um, like racial tension this year, you know, like starting with, you know, the Floyd thing back in February, whatever it was. All I mean, like there was like always one thing after another this year and they just seemed to compound one another. Like the race thing compounded the election thing and the election thing compounded the COVID thing and the COVID thing, you know what I mean? Like right. everything was just building on the other thing. And so as we deal with that and like watch it on the news or talk about it with our friends and just, we were inundated with it and it was hard to can maintain that kind of hope or maintain that kind of faith. Like I wonder mean, like, w- like what was your strategy last year? Or not even, I want to say last year, not that anything's changed, yeah, right? Like it right. changed four days ago, but it's still 2020 right. know, essentially. So like, what, yeah. like what were your strategies trying to deal with it?
2: Wow. Um, admittedly, and I'll be vulnerable and I've learned that this is such a, a great thing, it, you know, walking through journey to wholeness first and foremost, and then leading is that it was a tough year for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Not in the sense of, you know, there's many people who lost their jobs. There's, there's many people who got sick or lost loved ones or were in that racial divide and, um, you know, felt unheard or unloved or, um, you know, um, separated out, um. And then, of course, like you said, just the uncertainty of the election or for me, the big one was the uncertainty of what do we really know about COVID? Mm, Not afraid of this, the getting sick, but afraid of what do we know? And, you know, uh, uh, leading people through that is of having that unknowing is just that constant elevation of what do I need to know? What am I thinking? What am I doing? And I did lose at points. Um, keeping focused on the things that I know to be true yeah. and that's God and God's character and wh- who I am in him. Um, like Job did, you know, but it, it, again, like it was easily lost for me. And so this year was more of a struggle than I think it could have been had I been more focused on what was just dug in even more than normal. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, to be to be completely honest. So, yeah. um, and, and probably a lot of people look back at their past year and think, well, I could have done this better and I could have done this better. Maybe that's my perspective where I felt like I could have done it better, but it did feel like a tough year, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. And and now having the hope um, of just what it's, what God's gonna do in it going forward and seeing how things for, in my life over that last year progressed. I mean, I was stuck in a foreign country, not stuck, but close to it. Um, In March, I went to Bali and Mm. that's when everything started shutting down. I literally left the week that um, borders were getting shut down. And so that was the start of just that feeling of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And God kept reminding me while I was there um, that I, I shouldn't be afraid because he'll get me home. Yeah. Like I shouldn't be afraid. That was just the constant echo I had. Um, and for whatever reason, when I got home, I was in such a um, fight or flight feeling from all the stress of trying to get home. Like it just, that that carried through instead of re- me refocusing on God's told me not to be afraid. Yeah. Um, and so it's been a, you know, that, unfortunately, I'd love to tell you I had an amazing strategy, um, but even, you know, and I admit this to my journey groups, like I, I'm human and sometimes I lose sight and that's what the devil does is divide us and make us feel isolated and, um, you know, say that you're not doing this right. And right. and could I have done better? Yeah, absolutely. But God was there the whole time yeah. and shows me, you know, has showed me over the last year. I've been here. I've been here. You just got to keep coming back. Yep, that's <laughs> you it know? for sure. Yeah.
1: I'm
0: reminded of, <clears throat> when I think about dealing with the COVID and all of 2020 and, and you know, probably beyond, like I, I'm reminded of like when I was a kid, <clears throat> we would always go up to Eagle River on our summer vacation and we didn't have a cottage or anything or I don't even think we had our own boat, but we'd always go every year. And I remember it seemed like every year there was always like one night um, where there'd be like these horrible <laughs> thunderstorms, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and I remember being freaked out by, like the wind and the waves, like, like banging the boats that were on the dock because everyone had a boat, right? And they would you'd right. park your boat on the docks, and there'd be like a dozen boats at the dock just in front of the cottages, and so. But the wind would come and be, all these boats would be like, you know, all this noise, right? And, but then, like, they were tied to the dock, and yeah. so they weren't going to get. Cast out, right? They weren't going to get set adrift. They weren't going to get banged up against rocks or stones or, like, you know what I mean? Like, they were, yes, it was bumpy, right? Yes, it was loud. Yes, it was noisy. Yes, it was scary. But the boats never left the dock. The dock was not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, like, sometimes I feel like while I don't have a strategy, I know that I'm tied to the dock. Yeah. And so, like, yes, it's going to get loud. Yes, it's going to get bumpy. Yes, it's going to get scary. But I'm, 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 I'm not going to break loose from the dock as long as I stay. Right. You know? And so, like, I found that God was like my dock, was like my mooring, was my, I don't know, my cleat. That's what those yeah. things are called. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like, <laughs> yeah.
0: like I've, I've just, I've, I've lashed my line to Him, and as scary as it's going to be, I know that I won't get set adrift or I won't crash into the rocks. Yeah. You know? And so, I feel like that's the thing about faith, that it does for us. Like, even without, because you, when you had said, you know, without a strategy, like, I think about even like when we refer to things as being our North star, I feel like a lot of people are saying that right now, like no matter where you are, the North star is always in the same place. And so even if you don't know how to get to where you're going, Mm -hmm. you know, but you can always keep an eye on your North star. Like this is how I'm going to navigate. It's going to be, I don't mean to be using all these nautical terms. (laughs) I was in the Navy. And so in fact, this segment of the podcast is brought to you by the U S (laughs) Navy. I'm just kidding. It's not really anyway. But like, I feel like when we have a thing to navigate by that never moves, I mean, I know the North Star moves, but I mean, like...
2: Right, right.
0: But, like, it's constant. Yes. And so, like, we we can look to God to be a constant. We don't know how we're going to do it. Right. You know, like, so we just... I don't know how this is going to end, but I know who God is, and that's enough.
2: Right. And on top of that, um, so I studied overseas, and in New Zealand, well, in the Southern Hemisphere, you don't have a North Star. But it doesn't mean it's not there. So Mm. even when I can't see, you know, what God's doing, or, you know, don't... I know the doc's there, but it's, you know, I don't necessarily see it because it's dark and it's raining. That doesn't mean that that God's not there. He's there the whole time. And it's just, again, my, turning my eyes back to where they need to go. Um, He never leaves.
0: Yeah, and I love that reassurance. I love that hope. That no matter how bad things get, loud, scary, whatever, that, you know, he's always seen me through before. I was talking last night at church about that, about how I'm living proof that 100% 100% of the time, God's always seen me through. No matter how much crap that I've gotten myself into or that I've stepped in, uh, he's always gotten me through. Like, I'm living proof. So until he fails me at that, I'm right. just going to keep believing, right. you know, that he's in the sky even if I can't see him. That he's still in the dock even though, you know, things are scary. That right. That's my constant. Right. And I can't imagine going through life without that.
2: I, I absolutely agree. I've said it multiple times over this last year. Like, I, I don't know how people that don't know Jesus, that don't have even a mustard seed of faith, um, made it through last year. I don't know what they leaned on. Like, I, I just, um, I'm just really grateful that yeah. that even in the moments that I didn't think I handled something well, that, you know, I could just turn back around and say, all right, God, I know you're here. And yeah. I sucked at that,
1: but let <laughs> right. me help you be better. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love that.
1: It's this misconception that Jesus himself later comes to clear up for us as well. In John ten ten, Jesus clearly states, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. <laughs> let me say it plainly. If it gives life, it's from God. If it doesn't, it's not. Yeah, that's... I mean, when
2: you think about peace and you think about just what that means, you know, a a lot of again, a lot of what we lead in Journey to Wholeness is it's that peace of mind. It's again, you know, taking your thoughts captive and taking the thoughts that don't that don't bring life. Um, captive and binding them in Jesus and, and rerouting your thinking back to the truth of who God is, who, what His character says about Him um, and what He says about us, you know, that we are, he, he made us and called us good, that we're made in His image, that He has knit us together mm-hmm. in the womb, um, that He sings over us with praises and, um, you know, just, not getting focused on the other things, the the noise that's coming at us from the world, the the just um, you know distractions and isolation and thoughts that that the devil can throw at us or that we just, you know, that we let creep in and take yeah. so it spirally or into that pit where you're not meant to be, or I'm not meant to be, or we're all not meant to be, you right. know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's easy just to be walking along. And if you're not focused on the what's in front of you to fall right into it.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I loved what she said. Yes. Because, you know, she said, if, um, if it comes from God, it's good. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I think she said it the other way, if it's good, it comes from God. Yeah. You know, I love that that's actually a two way street where really. I can look at it both ways. Yeah. Sometimes I'm looking for like, God, show me like God, you know, give me God, you know, do for me. Right. And so like right. if you're looking for God, then look for the good. Right. Because the good right. comes from God. Right. And so anytime that we try to put stock in something that's not good, it's never going to it's never going to. Turn out well, and it might. It's like our garden thing, right? Like we might be able to cover it up with some moss or some stone, or some you know, even if it's decorative stone, right? Like it's it's still gonna like that's still gonna fade, and that's still gonna wash away, and (laughs) it's still gonna get taken over by weeds. Yeah, it's gonna go back to ugly. And so like anything we that we try to do to cover stuff up, that's not good, it'll always fail. It'll always fail. So sometimes when I think about the things that we deal with in our lives, like where we're like, you know, I don't, I don't feel good about where I'm at, so I'm gonna like go out. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get trashed because I just need to forget about my life for right. a second.
2: yeah. And
0: so then we do that and like it fixes it for like those two hours or right. whatever. But you feel like crap when you get home yeah. or you feel like, definitely feel like crap when you wake up. <laughs> right. You know, who knows what, you know, what you said or what you did,
1: mm-hmm. you know, while you
0: were forgetting about life. I'm here quoting, forgetting right. about life for a while. That you know, then, then you got all that to keep track of. And it turns out you still have the same problems. Right. You just drunkenly kicked the can further down the road. And not right. just drunkenly, right? Like, I mean, we do that with a lot of things. Like, we yeah. we shop or we, uh, I don't know, there's a bunch of stuff that we can do. Netflix
2: binge right, right, or, right, yeah. get, you know, zone out on your phone on a game right. or social media right. or. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not that those are all bad things, but right. it's but if just. we're using
0: it to not deal with our lives. right. Yeah, we're not getting any further ahead. If yep. we're not if we're not moving forward, we're moving backwards, I feel like.
2: Yeah, I would agree.
0: And so yeah. and, and I get not being able to deal with life, but that's why I feel like Jesus is such an important part of that, because he right. you know, helps me with that.
2: Exactly. At the yeah. at the very lowest rung, and this is I mean, Jesus is the highest rung, but even at that, he comes to us on the lowest rung and we can say, Okay, I d I don't know what I'm doing here. I need help fixing this situation or turning this around or being better at this. And, um, you know, it, it's just amazing to me that in any place, like he meets us to say, we're good. We got, I've, you know, I love you and we've got this and I'm here. So you don't have to strive any further than that. Okay. You shouldn't have gone out last night, maybe, but let's turn this around. You know, there's always that, um, you know we've got consequences for things, but there's there's always that redemption and he in everything, um, and that we can always be better.
0: Like I feel like, and a lot of people feel like I wonder if there's a lot of people that feel like they want that they they would they would they would flourish in that arrangement between them and Jesus, and having Jesus as that kind of resource, but that they see sometimes I feel like if I wonder if there's people that don't. Want to find that relationship because they don't want to deal with church or the church that they grew up with, yeah. or with religion or with rituals or you know that yeah. kind of thing. And that's church is important. Don't mishear me because I mean, like, I love church and I love my church family. Yeah. But the function of church isn't to facilitate my relationship with God. Like, right? It's my relationship with God. I, I I'm at church because I'm doing it with other people that have that same relationship. But don't let. Like what might have happened to you in church or your disappointment in churches or in disappointment in pastors or priests or reverends or whatever, keep you from seeking out that relationship with Jesus. Even if it's something you knew about, but you're like, screw that because church yeah. is stupid. Like don't ever let a man-made thing like church keep you from a God made thing like your relationship with him. Yeah. You know,
2: I love that. And it's, it's that easy really. You know, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And I love that too. Um, You know, we, you don't have to go through all the different things. You can literally just say, all right, Jesus, I'm here. What do you, what what do you need me to hear? What, what do I need to do? This is, I can just lay everything at, at your feet and, go from there. And it's a constant, I love that. It's not like, you know, the whack-a-mole game where I'm going to get hit over the head. Um, You know, there's times where there's conviction and there's um, correction, but it's, it's gentle and it's kind. And it's, it's that kind of, you know, in any relationship, you want to be at that point where you can say, Hey, this, this isn't working or this, this part, part needs to be adjusted and here's why let's have this conversation and just because you know I don't hear audible words coming out of you know the sky or burning you know um doesn't mean that I'm not in conversation with God and he just speaks to us in all different ways and so it's kind of finding that but once you have that relationship you hone in on that yeah. and it's that simple, and I love that um, because, yeah, I feel like too often we complicate it with the things we've learned, um, you yeah. know.
1: In, a, in a, I'm quoting, like our church, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure.
0: Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, so
1: good. And by doing so, he stopped the negative dialogue that he had engaged in, not only the philosophical debate he had entered into with his friends, but also the psychological battle within himself. In life, beautiful and terrible things will happen, and we have the choice, just like Job did. We can spend 34 chapters of entering into the debates of fear to be bitter, resentful, suspicious, and cynical, or we can choose to focus our thoughts, our conversations, our energy on the peace that hope, optimism, and resilience give us.
0: I love that quote. It's from someone I didn't know, and I can't tell you who it is because I don't know who that quote was from. But it's a quote that ended with, in life, beautiful and terrible things will happen. And, and I love that because it actually, uh, further down in this series, um, uh, I have a message uh, of joy versus despair. And I feel like for many of us, we synonymize we make mean the same happiness and joy. Like we feel like they're interchangeable and they're totally, 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 totally not Mm -hmm. right. That terrible and beautiful things are going to happen to you in this life. Your joy isn't dependent on either one of those things. Whether they make you happy or sad. Sure. That's dependent, right? That's our reaction to our circumstances. Yeah, But like, I feel like joy is a matter of like, it's like a more of a DNA level thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, cause I can choose to have joy, meaning I choose to have hope, meaning I choose to have peace. Right. And so it doesn't matter if terrible or beautiful things happen I've got to deal with them like the storm, right? That's going to knock my boat around. It's going to be loud. It's going to be scary. Yeah. Right. It's going to be dark. And so it doesn't mean that I don't have hope or it doesn't mean that I don't have joy. Right. And so when we look at J- Job and the fact that he sits there on an ash heap, would you say scraping he was like his swords with a
2: yeah. broken piece of pottery or a shard of, yeah. Ugh.
0: Anyway. So like I like even when we're in that place, you know, even if we're not happy, even if we're sad because terrible things are happening in life, that doesn't mean that life is terrible. That life is in fact worth living and worth pursuing given the hope and joy that we find in this relationship with God.
2: Right. You know? Right.
0: And so, you know, I, I just some people just get to the bottom of their barrel or the end of their rope. Yeah. Or, and they just like, there's people like I see like on social media and they're just when you think they're at the end of their rope or their lowermost rung to use your illustration, that like somehow they get lower. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh honey, you're never going to get out of this. Yeah. If you don't find hope and if you don't find joy, if you're waiting for life to deliver you some, I don't know, lottery win or Prince Charming. Right. Or a brand new car or you know, a promotion, if you're waiting for that to happen, to bring joy into your life, you're going to be waiting forever.
2: Right. Yeah. And like you said, you know, that's all circumstantial. That's, you know, like pastor Sonny has preached too. you know, it's your happen, what's happened to you for your happiness. And, um, it's just, that's a, you know, I've learned, again, this is a, in Journey to Wholeness, like that comes from that inner focus to constantly be focusing on the things that you aren't getting or aren't, you know, those expectations, those unmet expectations that you have. I should have had this, I, I could have had that, I should be here in my life um, and staying focused on that as opposed to being grateful and being, being focused on God and what, you know, who you are again in him and what you can be grateful for in your life because, you know, he has shown up in it. It's just a matter of sometimes, you know, wiping that lens of perspective to, to look for it yeah. because it's there, you know, and that's that's hard for when you get into that space and look inside, you don't always want to look out your dirty glasses you know it's it's hard work yeah
0: yeah absolutely and you don't see things clearly not only is there a strain on your eyes you're not even seeing the right thing what you're seeing is distorted and you know not even
1: right yep yep that's good God not only restored the blessings of Job's life, he doubled them, but only after he forgave his friends. In order for Job to have an open heart, an open mind, and open hands to receive the restoration that God had for him, he first had to free up the space that the hurt, the offense, the accusations, the anger, and even aggression from the people he had called friends were occupying. Knowing the end of the story, you might even call Job's troubles a blessing. Not that he deserved them, or that God gave them to him, or that he would want to go through them again, but because it was through his adversity that he was able to appreciate the blessings he did have when they were restored, so much so that he perceived them as double.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I love that she points out, you know, Job lost a lot of things. and and his health and his family and his wealth. Um, but it's, again, it's that perspective thing when he got all of that back. Um, you know, he didn't get his kids back, but he got uh, other kids and that it doesn't replace, but it. It goes to he, you know, she says he he's grateful for then what what is given because he's focused on, again, God's blessings and what he's what he's done there. It doesn't mean that the past hurts go away completely, but it's that perspective, again, understanding that, um, you know, when we look at things in God's way, that there's there's good in in things that we can't always see good in. Mm,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. For uh, Christmas Eve, um, my brother uh, came over with his sons and their families, and it was a really nice time. And so for the second year, we got together, and I make uh, a fried rice. It's like a really Americanized fried rice. And then he makes egg rolls, which I think are really Americanized egg rolls. (laughs) But anyway, so I... um, but we we're going to do it at my house. And so like I, he was going to set up to do the egg rolls outside. Cause when you fry stuff inside, it's really oh, stinky. Yeah. yeah. No matter what you're frying, but it just smells like, you know, I could. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so, but I knew my brother was going to come over. And so I knew that I needed to clean my garage because I feel like the way we were raised, if my brother saw the garage, the way that it was, like I'd, I'd be fearful that he would have judged me the way my dad would have judged me mm. or something like that. So anyway, so I knew I needed to straighten up my garage. And then I decided to like, blow all the leaves out of my garage because like if you have a garage and you have leaves, you know, like some of your garage just gets full of leaves. Yeah. And so I blew them all out. It would, and yeah, I mean, like I spent like maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes doing this. I was so relieved, no pun intended, relieved.
1: Huh? So,
0: <laughs> I, was, I was so relieved to have the leaves gone. Like I felt so like I could breathe and I felt like I could like, and I... And so lately I've been thinking about like what what does clutter do to my life? Mm. Like in, because it, it actually turns out it, it gives me a lot of like when if my counters are cluttered, it makes me crazy. Yeah. Right? And then I'm like I'm crabby. I'm crabby at my kids, I'm crabby at my wife, I'm crabby at everything. Or like if there's clutter, because I just stay with me, I know this is the really <laughs> long way around. So but anyway, but I feel like because God is a God of order, I meaning not not perfection, but a God of order, yeah. a God of like it's clean. Like we know snow where everything is. Everything's in its place and everything has a place. Right. There's a place for everything and everything's in its place. And the opposite of that then would be like disorder or chaos, right? Like all yes. the leaves in my garage. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about how I live my life, to Becky's first point here in this segment, where she talked about how all that negativity, all the doubt, all the crappity crap, that could fill Job's life and did fill Job's life, like had the opinions of his friends and the opinion of his, like, good-for-nothing wife. Yeah. I'm sure she was great. But, <laughs> like, I just think that, like, that stuff takes up so much room in our heads.
2: It does, yeah. That kind of
0: negativity, that mm-hmm. kind of chaos. It's one ounce of chaos, I feel like, takes up more room than one ounce of order. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, chaos yeah. just It's just such a mess. Yeah. You know, and so like, I feel like we should, we can do that same thing that I did in my garage in our heads. Like if we could just get rid of the chaos of the negativity and the doubt and the frustration and the dread and the anxiety, if we could just work on finding shelves for that stuff and we'd have to throw it all out or, you know, like blow it out of our garage, some stuff we got to blow up, bad friends, right? Bad habits, that kind of stuff. if it's no good, right, doesn't bring us any joy, then we should yeah. be blowing that out. Right. But if it's something that we need to keep, if it's friends and family that we need to keep, or if it's circumstances or a history, I mean, we can't just blow out our history. There's a place though for it on the shelf.
2: Right. Right.
0: And so you'd be surprised at how much more relief you'd find in that kind of life and that kind of heart if everything had a place. Yeah. And I can't do that without the Jesus part.
2: Right. Right. Right.
0: You know? And I found that actually that was one of the greatest benefits to me for going through Journey to Wholeness was this idea I could find the right place for things. They weren't right. in the right place.
2: Right. And it's um, Pastor Becky says that in Journey to Wholeness, it's sorting through the treasure in the trash, yeah. you know, and, and defining what, what serves a purpose, what... Um, brings me joy, you know, to speak on that minimalist thing. I just watched a documentary on minimalism too. And so like, what serves a purpose? I'm doing the minimalist challenge, but you're right. It's when you, when you pull those things out that aren't serving a purpose and our brains just, you know, we're, we're created like fear is something that we've, we learn, um, we've got to keep us safe. You know, like when, when a lion walks into the room, I'm going to be afraid because that could eat me. But like we get these thought patterns in our head that, you know, it's just easy to fall back into that. It's easy to fall into that chaos and fall into that, um, you know, those those thought patterns that don't serve us because we're just used to doing it. And it it takes constantly, like you said, the Jesus part of it is is remembering like who I am in Him and not... not um, going to the, you know, like even the garden, did God really say, no, he didn't say that about me. I, that, that's, that serves nothing. Get rid of that trash. Or he did say this about me. So this is a treasure. Let me put that where it belongs. Um, and you know, along the lines of that, like, put it in the box and, and file it and know that it's okay to be on that shelf. And I've, I've sorted it appropriately. I've got good boundaries on it. It's okay to put it on that shelf and, and not stew over. That's, that's my history or that's my box of mistakes. You know, they, they don't go away with Jesus. They just, um, find purpose yeah no you I know? love that and, yeah. and have redemption
0: yep that's yeah. so good I was yeah. gonna say six more things but I can't think of anything more brilliant than what you just said so oh. we're just gonna stick with that okay <laughs> Amy thanks for joining us today in this Absolutely. episode it was so great to have you I hope you could yeah. come back again and we could do it again I
2: would love to Pastor yeah, Scott that'd be fantastic. fun thank you
0: listen if you guys enjoyed this podcast please share it with a friend that you feel might be able to benefit from these words because uh I was talking to a friend last night and we were talking about faith, and I'm trying to get my friend to do more with her faith. And I said that, I said, at the beginning, we're consumers of our faith. Like we're, you know, we just, we want more, we want more worship, we want more worship songs, we want to listen to Christian radio, we want to listen to all the podcasts, we want to listen to pastors, we want to blah, 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 because we're consumers of faith. But somewhere along the line, not far in actually, I feel like we also need to start being distributors of our faith, mm-hmm. and so, like, that's because that's what we were called to do. We weren't just, like, called to, like, love the Lord God, uh, and then that was it. We were called to, like, love other people, and then go and tell the nations. Like, go and tell everyone what I've told you. And so I feel like we need to be distributors. And so that's why I love this shift or this pivot that Life Church made into the area of podcasts, because now you don't have to sit in the room where Sean is or where Sonny is or who even where Becky was, right, to... to to be fed or to find faith, that you can be anywhere. And so I love this idea that podcasts help us distribute faith because that's really what we're called to do. So if there's someone you know that could benefit from, like I said, these words, please share it with them or subscribe to um, this podcast and all your favorite podcast channels. Rate us would be great because that makes more people see it as well. Thanks for being part of the Chew on That family. We're really glad that you're here, and I'll talk to you the next time.